reading from Philippians chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. Because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. That's an excerpt from the scripture on Sunday from Philippians chapter 1, where Dr. Roberts preached on the joy of suffering. I am Rebecca Gordon, Minister for College Students and Young Adults at Trinity. I'm excited to talk about this topic the joy of suffering today with our guests on the podcast. Boyd, will you introduce yourself? Hi, Rebecca. So my name is Boyd Dimmock. I joined Trinity in 1974 as a grad student at NC State. And um, I'm delighted to have an opportunity to talk to you about this today. Great. Well, so the sermon series um, right now is about rediscovering joy. Let's talk a little bit about that. What does joy mean to us? What does that mean to you, Boyd? Well, I have uh, developed a lot of thinking about joy over the past six years or so, but typically joy means happiness. Almost everyone in the situation when they use the term joy, they really mean um, being happy, feeling that everything's going your way and uh, things are just really great. But um, I guess in, in my past several years in, in developing what joy can really mean in, in terms of how the Bible talks about joy, I've really centered on joy being that you realize the goodness of God. Um, joy is related to having the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah, I like that definition because I think I've always heard that happiness is like a temporary emotion and joy is a more permanent like state of mind or state of being. But I think for Christian joy, that state of mind comes from the Holy Spirit and that presence in your heart and in your life that, that gives you that, that little bit of happiness um, and peace that you have just like sort of inside of you. It's really about separating an emotional feeling from a spiritual feeling because they really are different. So, well, this week we're talking about joy of suffering. The Philippian scripture we just read talks about suffering for Christ, specifically uh, the, where Paul is in jail and he's in prison and he talks about how um, this suffering is worth it. And it's important because it's going to spread the gospel and, prolong the gospel. But let's talk about the difference between suffering for Christ and other types of suffering. What other types of suffering <laughs> might there be that might not be the same as Paul's situation? Well, let me let me just say this is that uh, some people see suffering as part of God's plan. And I don't want to be excommunicated here, but um, 
I really don't think that God planned for us to suffer. I don't think he wanted us. I mean, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, I don't think that that suffering was really God's plan. I think it's it's um, self-induced in in many cases. And and it is about um, our expectation of the world being a permanent place. And it's really not. I think in terms of my life, you know, I've tried to live a life for God. Um, the Holy Spirit is with me. I, I feel the Holy Spirit's presence in my life. And while I guess there are times when maybe the things I do, there might be some difficulty for me doing what I think is right, depending upon the circumstances of who I'm with or whatever the, the issue might have been, I don't really think I have suffered for Christ. I'm sure there are people who suffer for Christ in um, instances of their living today, but I don't have so much experience with that. Um, I do have experience with suffering, though, and I have experience with um, dealing with what does it mean to have joy and suffering caused by the, the fact that lives are temporary and we get really attached to people and I think there's another verse. Maybe you have it. St. James. Yeah, let me read that one. Um, we had talked about the other day. It's James 1, 2 to 4. And it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Yeah, so I encountered that verse um, sometime after I lost my husband. That's been about six years ago. Um, But it was a time when I was in a great deal of deep pain. I mean, truly encountering suffering. I read in the study that our grief exposes the difference between what we consider our theology, you know, what do we really believe about God? And we kind of have this um, formal theology that our intellect has accepted. And when you when you experience grief, it shows up um, a division between what you think you believe about God and what your behavior tells you what you believe about God. So, you know, in this division of what does suffering mean? It's very interesting to talk about suffering on an intellectual level versus when you are suffering, uh, what does that mean? And that's really when I came into what is this definition? How can you have joy in everything? It just couldn't possibly be the case if joy is happiness, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's really the point where in your deep pain, and words like heartbreak and anguish really suddenly have a very real meaning um, when you're suffering. Um, that you discover there is joy here, but the joy is because you believe that no matter what happens to you, God is still working for good in your life. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I came to the definition of joy had to be. Joy has to be about the fact that you have confidence God's still there for you. Yeah, I like what you said about there's a difference between talking about this emotionally and talking about it intellectually, because I think that's where a lot of Christians sort of miss the mark is when 
we view this concept of joy while suffering as sort of an intellectual theory or something that we read that exists in the Bible. And so then when someone else is suffering, we say, oh, well, it's all part of God's plan or God, it will all work out. And people mean well by these statements, um, but I don't think it's necessarily biblical to say that suffering is part of God's plan, especially depending on the type of suffering. And there's so many examples in scripture of God talked about as father or parent, um, even as mother in certain parts of the scripture and certain Psalms. And I think that image is so important when you think about this, because obviously no, no loving, caring parent wants their child to suffer. Um, and we, we are all children of God, but that suffering comes inevitably. And so that, that image helps me a lot when I think of suffering and God's role in suffering, because I think that it breaks God's heart, just like it would break a parent's heart when we suffer and when we go through pain. And um, I agree. I think that you kind of have to go through it. You kind of have to sit in the suffering a little bit. You kind of have to experience that pain, which is never fun, but that's how you get to the joy. It doesn't just come automatically. You kind of have to deal with it. And so one of the ways I realized that for those who are listening and don't know that Boyd leads um, grief share at Trinity is one of the leaders of grief share. Um, and after my mom died last year, I started going to grief share with a couple of different people who attend Trinity, but also there's a lot of people who take part in grief share that don't attend Trinity. And I went for a few weeks. And then after a few weeks, I told Boyd, I, I can't go anymore. <laughs> Cause I said, I have to, I think I have to suffer before I can have the joy part of suffering. And a lot of grief share does kind of help you find that, help you find that joy and suffering and help you find God um, in those moments and times of suffering. So tell us a little bit about grief share. Yes. Um, I, bef before I do that, I, I did want to just share you this with you because I have a nine-year-old granddaughter and I saw her last weekend and she, she said to me, she said, um, I don't know exactly how it came up about having a bad day. And she said, well, the thing about having a bad day is how would you know you were having a good day if you'd never had a bad day? And I thought, you know, you're a very profound little girl. That is very <laughs> profound for a nine-year-old. <laughs> because there is a lot of, a lot of truth in that. Um, so, so yes, after, after Tom died, um, I was married for 42 years. We were very happy. We were very connected. Um, my husband was very active at Trinity. And when he died, it was, um, you know, I've always been close to God, but I couldn't figure out how it could have been a plan that God had for him to die. He was, he was a very good man doing a lot of very good things. And um, so it was a lot of struggle for me. And after even after a couple of years, um, there were still what we sometimes call ambushes of grief, sadness over my loss. And I had the opportunity to attend a grief share class that a friend of mine insisted that I go to. And it was, um, it was very healing for me because in a very structured way, we went through how grief makes you feel and why and scripture references that talk about how much God loves you and intends good things for you but it's it's a 13-week session 
and you have a study book of devotions and you have videos that you watch and you have group discussion along with that. So it was very healing for me. And uh, after doing that, I really decided that I would like to help other people with it and, and brought that program to Trinity. So we've been doing it now for, I guess, about four years. We've probably had eight sessions. And um, in the last several sessions, yes, we've had people who who not only don't attend Trinity, but don't necessarily, they might be in transition with God. They don't have a church. They, they're not anti-Christian, but they're, they don't, they're not living in a relationship. And what I've seen in, in studying grief and in a lot of, um, a lot of what we're doing in grief here is leaning into the grief. You are acknowledging how very desperately you are hurt. And we talk about that. And so, yes, we are doing the suffering part of the suffering and trying to not ignore that, right? And in that, finding that God loves you, that the Holy Spirit is with you, no matter what happens. I mean, there's some scripture, I think it's in Habakkuk, that talks about even though there, there are no blooms on the olive trees and the, and the animals are dead in the field, you know, all these things that in the agricultural and uh, society of the the Hebrews in the Old Testament, you know, talking about how really desperate things can be is that God is still with you. And we read that scripture and we we transpose that into our own lives and talk about even though this and even though that and even though this, that God is still with you. And so that's really the place where in the reality of uh, the difference between your formal con- confessional theology and the practical theology that that influences your behavior, I believe you find joy is in understanding that God still loves you. And in the if you've lost a loved one, that God loved your loved one, but your loved one's body was temporary. We're all temporary. None of us are going to survive this. In, in acknowledging that is where joy is. It is in the living in your relationship with God that you find joy, no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the places that I found joy in grief for and suffering has been just through Christian community, you know, which is also a way that you're finding joy in God because God is what gives us that Christian community. I mean, at Trinity, I've received so much like love and support. I probably have like 300 cards people have sent me, things like that not to mention people from the church that I grew up at or just friends who we share a common faith um, who offer encouraging words um, and love. And that has been so helpful and gives joy because it gives me this sense of that you're not alone, that you have other people going through this with you and holding, kind of holding your hand, if not um, literally metaphorically, um, as you go through it all. So how, how important has that been for you, Christian community, in times of suffering? It, it really is huge. Uh, depending on whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, uh, you know, you have different feelings about your relationship with other people. I happen to be an introvert. So, you know, in, in general, I'm, I'm kind of happy um, spending time by myself. But having, having someone that you can talk to about how you feel is a, is a huge gift anyone can give someone else who's grieving. And you don't even have to have something profound to say. 
you just have to give someone your presence. And, you know, I see it. So I work with the youth at Trinity, taught Sunday school and have done D teams and other things. But um, the joy that they find in being together, you know, is the, the fact that they find Christian community. It brings them joy and it also brings them um, guidance and direction. So, you know, Christian community is a very, very powerful thing. Yeah, I think that's good. It's just one of those things that is a constant, this this kind of random thought. But even our church uh, covenant, it says if for some reason I'm unable to attend Trinity or I move away or something, I'll find another church and it will be something that we make an effort to do. That constant community, I think, is so important. And that constant that you know that God is walking alongside of you um, are just two big things that for me have been sources of joy during suffering. And I want to read a quote from Dr. Robert's sermon on Sunday, because I just thought it was really good. Um, And he said, we are not adrift in chaos, but God holds us in the palm of his hand and loves us because that is true. We we rejoice. And I just love that. I think that's so true that sometimes in the, in the first instance or the beginning of suffering, it's not going to feel joyful at all, actually. But at the, at the end of the day, and as you walk through it, you can rejoice because we know we have that God that holds us in his hand and that loves us. I appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you about joy. I know Paul was in jail at the time he wrote um, the book of Philippians, right? So uh, his suffering was was maybe different than uh, anything that we've talked about today. But the fact that I know the Holy Spirit's with me, whatever happens to me, God is working good for my future. And that's my joy. Well, thank you for joining me and being a part of our podcast. I'm excited for it to come out so other people can hear it. Um, And I will close us in prayer. Almighty God, giver of mercies and comfort, who've taught us that with your word, that you do not willingly afflict or grieve your children, but in compassion, you nourish our suffering souls with peace and with patience. You deal graciously with us as we mourn and as we cast all of our cares on you. Help us to know your love, your consolation, and your blessings. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.